Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, The Word Saved Me, in the sermon series, Preaching the Word of God. We're glad you're here. have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 10. We'll start reading at verse number 11. That's Romans chapter 10, verse 11. And if you are able to stand, please stand in reference to reverence to reading of God's holy word. That's Romans chapter 10, starting at verse number 11. Amen. Chapter 10. (laughs) And the Bible reads, For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed. And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You may be seated. I want to preach from the topic today, the word saved me. The word saved me. Uh, the last three times I've preached, amen, they haven't been consecutively, amen, <laughs> there's been breaks in between, been trying to focus on um, this simple church where we are now focusing on the preaching of the word. Um, looking at this, we, we look first at John chapter 1, verse 1, and we look at just thanking God for the word. But Jesus says, I am the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was flesh. flesh. Uh, In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And verse number 14 says, and the word became flesh. We looked at Ezekiel 37 as Ezekiel was ushered to the valley of dry bones in this vision, and he begins to preach to the bones, and as the word was being preached, the bones came alive. But then today we look at Romans 10, and we hear this, faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the word of God. We can testify that the word, it saved me. Spoken words can be very powerful, moving, and inspirational. Before most sporting competitions, we hear words of encouragement and empowerment coming from the leader of the team or the coach. For five years, my son played football for the Southside Raiders. 
They asked me to be a coach of the defensive and offensive line. I had no knowledge of coaching football, but I'm pretty good at playing Madden on the PlayStation. My players on the line may have not had uh, the best technique. I wasn't the greatest coach, but they loved my motivational speeches. Some of the parents would tell me, you're the best coach out there, and I knew they were lying. <laughs> but I was the loudest with positive affirmations to our children. Words can encourage and words can empower. For years while attending Big Dane CrossFit, my name was shouted throughout the gym. Let's go, Marcus. <laughs> you can do it. I don't know if everyone knew my name because I was often the last one to finish or because I was the only black person in the class. But the encouragement of the crowd made me push harder to the finish line. Words can empower and encourage. Words can motivate us to do things we never thought were humanly possible. Words from Maya Angelou's poem, Still I Rise, it says, you may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lives. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust. Y'all know that poem? I'll rise. These words give, give us hope that no matter how far we may fall, we can still rise up. Words from Sojourner's Truth uh, speech, Ain't Our Woman has the power to motivate women to do great things. She says, if the first woman God ever made was strong enough to turn the world upside down all alone, these women together ought to be able to turn it back and get it right side up again. She is speaking to the power that women have to do great things in this world. You see how those words motivated y'all? Yeah, we got this. <laughs> words of Fannie Lou Hamer during a speech in 1964 continues to hold the same substance today when it comes to change in America. But these words should encourage us to push for change even though it seems as if it's going at a snail's pace. She is quoting saying, and you can always hear this long sob story. You know it takes time. For 300 years we've been given them time and I've been tired, so tired. Now I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we want change. And who can forget the words of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King who stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in the heat of a summer day in August 28, 1963, in front of over 250,000 people and declared, I have a dream. During a time when black people felt as if they could not dream or expect to receive equality or better than what was in front of them, the words of Dr. King still encourages and empowers us today to dream beyond our current situations and be able to do what we dreamed about doing. Words are powerful. 
January 6, 2020, uh, 20, 22, was it 22, 21, 21, there we go. January 6, 2021, your former president, Donald Trump, held a rally and gave a speech to his supporters in such a way that they responded with violence. He told them, and I fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. And these thugs and rioters invaded the Capitol building searching for government officials attempting to prevent Congress from certifying the results of an election he had lost. Words can move you to do some crazy things often powerful, moving, and inspirational words require a response with some form of action. And today in the text, Paul is encouraging the church in Rome that whenever you hear the word of God, there should be a response of faith. So the first thing we see here that that, that the word saves may be the question, how uh, can the word save? It saves because the word is inclusive. The word is inclusive. Paul is informing the church at Rome that no one is excluded from salvation. The ultimate thing that prevents shame is our belief in God. Paul is saying that you will not be made to look like a fool if you have belief in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the Greek, this sentence means you shall not be put to haste, which means to fly for escape as from conscious danger, which suggests that no matter what you encounter, you can endure if you believe in God. That's why Paul also tells us, if God be for us, then who can be against us? We will not be put ashamed because the word reminds us no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. Paul is informing the saints that you can trust that God will never let you down. This, this God, you can, you can trust is the one and true God who saves all people by way of the cross. And that means that distinctions like Jew or Greek are irrelevant. For Christ declared, if I be lifted up. He did not say, I'm going to draw, draw Jews unto me. No, he didn't say, I'm going to draw Gentiles unto me. But if I be lifted up, I feel like preaching now. I'm going to draw all men unto me. Christ declared this, and all men can come to him, but it's the responsibility of the church to lift him up. If we lift him up, the drunk man can come. If we lift him up, the sick man can come. If we lift him up, the sinner man can come. If we lift him up, no matter where you are, who you are, where you come from, you can be saved from sin. He's not bound to the rich or to the poor. He's not bound to the have or the have-nots. God's grace does not have a limit. 
Paul suggests that the same God will be over everyone, and he is rich enough for all who call on his name. This Lord has the riches to bring blessings to all. The Jew does not need to fear that there will not be enough grace to go around. The same grace he gave the Jew, he's able to give the Gentile. This is the issue in which we have with America. This is the reason that America has, become, has continued to attempt to press on the necks of black people because many assume at some point we're going to take what they have. But the truth of the matter is this, that it's enough for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's enough for everybody. And when you realize uh, that if you gain something that you're not taking from anyone else, uh, you can appreciate God when he blesses your neighbor. He says the Lord is rich. Paul says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This calling on the Lord should be out of a sense of insufficiency and out of a need that proceeds from a genuine conviction that the Lord God can be relied on to answer your call when you pick up the phone. I wish I had a witness. You call on him because you believe he's able to deliver you from whatever state that you may be in. Has anyone ever had to call on the name of Jesus before? No, I'm not talking about you a, a whisper. I'm talking about a holler. H have you ever had to call on them before from the pit of your belly where you didn't know how God, how you was going to make it? You didn't know how you was going to pay your bills. Uh, you didn't know how your body was going to be healed. And it couldn't take a whisper, but you had to holler and you didn't care who was around you. I wish I had a witness. Have you ever been in your car and you had to holler? Have you ever been in the back? bathroom and you had to holler? Have you ever been on your job and you had to holler? I need the old Lord. Call on him. He will answer. He'll answer your cry. Y'all don't believe me. I got Bible to back up what I'm saying. Somewhere in the 14th chapter of Matthew, uh, the disciples are at sea. Jesus is in the mountain praying. And while Jesus is in the mountain praying, a storm comes up. And the storm is raging against the boat. The Bible said it's contrary. Means, means it's going against them. It's tossing them to and fro. And while they're on the storm, they see something on the water. I wish I had a witness. And they see something on the water. And something was walking toward them. And Peter said, Lord, is it, if it's you, let me come out there with you. Jesus says, come on, Peter. Peter steps out on the water. And he's walking on the water. But the Bible says, uh, Peter saw the winds in the wave. Uh, and he began to sink. Uh, but Peter understood uh, whenever sinking takes place, uh, you better learn how to holler for the Lord. Peter, he shouted, Lord save me. 
Y'all not feeling me in this house. He said, Lord, save me. And after shouting, Lord, save me, the Lord reached down, picked him up, put him back on the water, put him back in the boat, and said, let's try it again. Is there anybody that's ever been sinking to rise no more, but you hollered, and he saved you? Yeah. The word, the word is inclusive. It's not limited to anybody, but everybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Holla, holla, holla for the Lord. The word is inclusive, but the word is also inviting. It's inviting. After making the bold statement that anyone calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, Paul Dins began to ask a series of questions. How can you call on them, but you ain't never believe in them? How can you believe in them if you've never heard from them? And how can you hear from them without a preacher? And then how can you preach unless you've been sent? Paul wanted to ensure that the people understood, hey, help us today, God, that we have, uh, uh, that we... <laughs> That you cannot just arrive to the place of calling on the Lord. You need to know who you're calling on. This, this, this process that Paul presents is best rearranged to me so I can get a clear understanding of the passage. It reads like this to me. The preacher will preach the gospel of peace and will bring glad tidings of good things, but the preacher can't preach unless they have been sent. And the people can't hear without the preacher. And due to the people not being able to hear about God, they cannot believe, which prevents people from being able to call on the Lord. Let me try to, let me, let me rewind that and bring it back again. The preacher... The preacher will preach the gospel of peace and will bring glad tidings of good things. But the preacher cannot preach unless they have been sent. And the people cannot hear without the preacher. Due to the people not being able to hear, they cannot believe, which prevents the people from calling on the name of the Lord. Somebody need to shout, thank God for the preacher. Paul puts a special emphasis on the preacher, that the preach word is the starting point for all of us before we call on the name of the Lord. The preacher is essential to the salvific process. And can I tell you how, my God, that we all may not be able to stand in the pulpit and preach, but we all have been commissioned to preach the word. I wish I had a witness. We, you may not have a preaching license, but you have the authority to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. That's why he tells us to go ye therefore and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them all the things that I have taught you. You may not be able to stand in the pulpit and preach but you need to 
preach the gospel. The process, the process Paul presents is this. We need the preached word, which is the gospel of peace and of glad tidings and good things. The preacher must be sent by God. The preacher must be heard by the people. The people must believe in God. And the people must call on God. And for this reason, I inform our preachers in myself who tell me that they have been called by God to preach in such a way that people can hear the voice of God. That's why I try my best to keep my testimony pure and clean. So when I preach, you're not looking at the man, but you're listening to the word of God. That, that's why it's my prayer that after every sermon, people may not testify what a great preacher, but you'll testify what a great God. Because this preaching moment has the ability to help somebody believe what they heard and call on the name of God. The preacher, the preacher must be sent. By God, the preacher, holla, holla, the preacher is on a divine mission from the Lord. And this mission is to find the lost and restore the broken. Somewhere in Luke chapter 15, it's a woman, Jesus gives a parable of a woman who has her corn. And when she loses her corn, she lights a lamp. She sweeps the room, and she searches for the corn. And every morning, help us today, that the Lord allowed me to stand in this pulpit. I try my best to light the place with the word of God. I try my best to, to sweep the house, which means I'm trying to make this word applicable for children and seniors. I try my best to ensure that this word touches somebody, and I'm looking for the lost. I want the lost to be found. I want the broken to be restored. I want those in despair to be comforted. I want the down to be lifted. I want the weak to be strengthened. I, I, I want the mentally distressed to find some peace. And it's all in the word of God. Preacher must come with life-saving words. And Ezekiel proves to the preacher that even when you stand in the valley of dry bones, if you preach the word, I wish I had a witness here. If you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's why every Sunday you got to tell the grand old story. He lived, but, but one Friday night he died, and early Sunday morning God raised him from the dead. If you don't get anything else every Sunday, you will know that he lived, he died, but thanks be to God, he was resurrected from the grave. 
The preached word invites you to live. Let me say that one more time. The preached word invites all of us to live. Let me, let me try this side over here. The preached word invites us all to live. I feel God in this place. Live when grief has held you bound. Live when the divorce is final, but the wounds are still fresh. Live when depression and anxiety continue to attack your mind. Live when it seems as if the devil is continuing to attack you. Live when you don't know what else to do. Live when everything around you is dying. You need to accept the invitation to live. The word is inclusive. The word is inviting. Finally, and I'm finished, the word has incentives. Yeah, often when you're searching for jobs, normally we pay close attention to the incentives. Amen. Because the incentives are things that makes the job more enticing. Amen. The amount of personal time off you get. The vacation days you're, are afforded. Uh, 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 um, the, the, what many companies are providing now, those mental health days, the gym membership, the uh, company car, and more importantly, that dental and medical plan. Amen. Am I right about it? But Paul is saying the incentive for hearing the word of God is faith. <laughs> faith comes incentive by hearing, but not just hearing, but hearing the word of God. Paul explains, he says, the preacher that was sent Preach the gospel of peace and glad tidings, but not all of you obeyed the gospel. Paul begins to show where the chain has been broken. God has sent the preacher. The preachers have proclaimed the message. The Jews heard the message, but they did not believe, nor did they call on the name of Jesus. So Paul poses a question like Isaiah, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, I'm done. Faith comes by hearing. In hearing the word of God. Paul presents faith as a gift from God when you hear his word. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 6, 11, chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it's impossible. I wish it's impossible to please God. Without faith, there is no salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed, that's faith. 
in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Without faith, there is no connection to the invisible God. Without faith, we're completely lost and stranded in sin. But faith does not just come from hearing the word one time. But we have to understand that faith uh, must happen uh, every time uh, we hear God's word. That's why the writer said, your word uh, have I hidden in my heart uh, that I may not sin against you. Uh, Faith uh, is what allows us to, to walk with God. Uh, that's why the Bible said, Your word uh, is a lamp unto my feet uh, and a light unto my path. Uh, that's why uh, the Bible says uh, that we must meditate uh, on the word of God uh, both day and night uh, so we'll be like a tree uh, planted by the rivers of waters, uh, which means uh, when the storms of life are raging, uh, by, by faith uh, we'll be able to stand. Uh, it's through faith uh, in God uh, that we can testify I'm more than a conqueror. It's through faith in God that we can testify. When I'm weak, yes, sir, then I am strong. And I pray we understand that faith is awakened by the word of God. The more I get the word, the stronger my faith become. The more I read the word, the stronger my faith become. When I read how he saved others, I have faith he can save me. When I read how he blesses others, I have faith he can bless me. When I read how he changed others' lives, I have faith he can change my life. When I read how he heals sick bodies, I have faith he can heal my body. When I read how he comforts souls, I have faith he can conquer me. We walk by faith and not by sight. When I read how he died on a cross, when I read how the earth reeled and rock like a drunken man, when I read how he came with nails in his hands and nails in his feet, a spear in his side, a crown of thorns on his head. When I read that he died for your sins and mine, went down in the grave, but bright early. Early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. I believe I can be crucified, but one day he's going to resurrect me. 
crucified on my job, but he'll resurrect me with a new job. Crucified by my friends, but he'll resurrect me because he's a brother he'll stick close to. Have I got one witness? Won't he do it? I said, won't God do it? Won't he do it? Won't he make a way out of no way? Won't it be a bridge over troubled waters? Won't he lead you? And won't he guide you? Say yes. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.